Good evening, my fellow Americans. <laughs> Welcome to the new Dakota Boys Talk Movies, movies, movies. Coming to you from from the National Mall. Mall. We're doing this episode after the new president has been instated, and the world is going on. So there that's, you go. It's nice to know. That's right. The bombs haven't fallen just yet, people. It's, it's nice to know the world is still the world is still spinning, and and. Life is going on, and we'll see what happens in the days to come. But on that note of having a new president in the White House, uh, we are going to talk about some of our favorite movie presidents. There has been, even outside of the movies that are based on true stories where John F. Kennedy's in it, or John Adams is in it, or it's a biopic about uh, George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or something, uh, there has been... Many, many fictional, fictional U.S. presidents also. And so we kind of, on our list, have done fictional presidents. We didn't do any that were, you know, like the historical accounts or things like that. Just because, I don't know, it just seems more interesting to talk more about the the fictional presidents than get into the whole details of how accurate portrayals were and things like that. And so we're going to go on and talk about some of our favorite fictional movie presidents. Yeah, for you fans of Pearl Harbor, fortunately we won't be talking about the FDR from that movie. <laughs> Standing up. If I can stand, we can beat those beep. Because I don't know if we're allowed to say that politically incorrect term that we called the Japanese during the 40s. <laughs> but, and and everyone from nobodies to movie stars have played presidents over the years and so dakota let's just let's just dive right in let's just jump into that cesspool that is washington dc <laughs> and and let's pull out one of your favorites so what's the first one you want to talk about oh uh, i think it's funny you said nobody's have played the president well my first pick isn't just not a nobody he's actually one of the biggest names in film of all time. Ooh. I'm referring to Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. He played President Dale in Mars Attacks. Yes, and so here you have a very well-known actor playing the president in a very forgotten movie. <laughs> <laughs> it had its charm. It had its charm, and it had its day. It it had a, it had a pretty good following for a long time. It's just kind of like not talked about much today. Yeah, I th I think that's just the way things go. I mean, these movies kind of get cult followings, and then the cult kind of just one slowly, of the... slowly teeters off. <laughs> yeah, before you get into the whole president aspect of this movie, the funniest thing about Mars Attacks is how it's like one of the early movies I remember seeing Jack Black in, and he plays like a hardcore military <laughs> nut yeah. who wants to like join the army, and it's just funny to see him like that. But sorry, so go on. So. Okay, I don't know, I don't, I'm not quite sure how many of you saw this movie, but back back in the day, this movie was like kind of big news. Um, it was one of Tim Burton's movies, and it just had like this all-star cast. Everybody was constantly talking about it. Unfortunately, it also came out the same year as another movie that had aliens invading the planet and destroying everything. <laughs> so it, that they got a slightly bigger following. <laughs> yeah. And and like 20 years later we got a sequel and it was crap. And but only one of those movies <laughs> yeah. 
was based on Topps trading cards. Yeah. And that was Mars Attacks. <laughs> oh, on paper, this movie, I'm sure, looked pretty good because it was <laughs> it was essentially just a giant send-up of movies from the 50s. Yeah. And you got Tim, they got Tim Burton on board when he was just cranking out hits or critical hits. Yeah. And so this is this is him in his prime when he's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was bobbing and weaving and so it's like, yeah, when you run it through the computer and it prints out a sheet, it's like you have a hit. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't play out that way. Uh I have a theory. Um I call it the it's a mad 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 world theory. And what it is and why I call that the name of the theory is that there was a movie made back in the, I believe, 60s was what's in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World was made. And what that movie was, I'm not going to say it again because there's too many mads, is it was full. Like, the entire cast, from the smallest part to the biggest part, were big names. And that was kind of the point of the movie. It was, hey, let's make a movie where every little part is a cameo. And you just filled it with stars and just kind of made it a fun romp, you know, type thing. Romp, huh? And a lot of the times, these crammed full of star movies just don't work. They just kind of fail. And I don't know why. I don't know why if it's because they're they're trying to rely on the whole fill it with stars thing too much or whatever. But that's kind of what Mars Attacks did. Where it seems like every role in it was a movie star. Or, or a known actor. Or soon to be movie star. This yeah, had that's true. There were some not quite knowns. This had a young Natalie Portman. It would have been after she was in the professional. Yeah, she was the president's daughter, right? Yeah. Who ends up becoming the president through the line of succession. That's right. <laughs> simply because everyone else is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert, but yeah. And then you of course you saw a young Jack Black and Yep. Um, this is back where before Sarah Jessica Parker was really that big, and it was just kind of uh, Pierce Brosnan was even in this too, who I think this was before his James Bond days. Ninety six? No, that would have been right right after Goldeneye. Oh, okay. But yeah, he played like a weird like pipe smoking scientist or something, didn't he? Yeah. This Glenn Close was the first lady. Uh, just just a huge... Michael J. Fox was the press secretary, I think. Yeah, he was. And then Martin Sh- Martin Short was even in it. He had like a small role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just everybody. every little like, like I said, just every little role was somebody you recognized for the most part. And so... Um, but what, what, what makes you like Jack Nicholson so much in this movie? Um, I think it's just simply the fact that... He comes off, he exudes, like, confidence through this crisis, and he is barely keeping it together. Someone argue he, <laughs> he isn't keeping it together. And he's so clearly incompetent, but in his own mind, he's in control of the situation, which, you know, you would hope a president would be, you know, just kind of, oh, oh, I got this, I got this, guys. <laughs> Even though when he really doesn't, and should probably be taken, taken away from the steering wheel. <laughs> Like, uh, sir, you're you're destroying everything. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, probably the biggest laugh I get out of watching him as a president is there comes in a scene in the movie where he gets cornered. He's essentially he's essentially at the mercy of these Martians, and he gives this big rousing speech, and then they just kill him. 
<laughs> yeah, they just kind of blow him away, really. So even even in the face of sudden death, he never lost his kind of just his his vigor. He was just like, <laughs> this may be the end, but this isn't the end, you know. What what killed me about that movie is how absolutely annoying the aliens dialogue was <laughs> the way they talked it was like that and just like ate at your brain <laughs> oh man mars attacks yeah it was kind of the the other side of the same coin to independence day but it was kind of one of those deep impact armageddon things where these yeah. two movies just happened to come out really close together and uh a lot of people thought you know, oh, Mars Attacks is a parody of Independence Day. And I was like, no, it just kind of happened that way. So, What about you, Stephen? What's one of your favorite uh, presidents yeah, from uh, the movies? Let's see. You know, I think I'm going to bring up this one first. Since you went ahead and, and jumped into kind of a, a comedy movie, comedy movie there, I think I will too. And... Uh, <laughs> Kind of, this one's kind of my offbeat choice, but I just think his role in this is just hilarious. Well, he does three, three roles in it, but um, it's Peter Sellers in, as President Muffley <laughs> in Doctor Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. You want to talk about confidence? Uh, <laughs> President Muffley has this has this confidence. Through total incompetence, <laughs> he's probably the most one of the most incompetent presidents ever in a movie. And they just do these ridiculous moments where he's talking on the phone with this Russian guy, Dmitri, and just just you you don't hear the Dmitri side, so you just this is just where Peter Sellers just shines. You just see his comedy where he's just on the phone like Dmitri, <laughs> just like talking to this Dmitri on the phone, and uh, oh, um. And this is, and the other thing that's funny about this movie is that a lot of people thought this movie was supposed to be a satire of a movie that came out earlier in the same year. Um, there was a movie called, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Out. Oh, Failsafe. Yes, I remember that. There's a movie called Failsafe that came out, and it was a movie that was like, what if, um, we were right on the brink of starting a nuclear war with Russia and things like that. And, and that's what that movie was about. Kind of these like sweating bullets moments of, of releasing the bombs or not type things. And that's what failsafe was. And that's what Dr. Strange was loves strange love was to a point, but it was just meant to be a political satire. And Stanley Kubrick is the one who wrote Dr. Strange love. And it just happened to come out um, during the same time period and uh and it just kind of was miss miss well it was just kind of looked at that way but it really wasn't meant to be it was just meant to be kind of a, a political a political satire in general and just how just a goofy take on on the world situation because it was like a time when it was really tense where kids were practicing hiding under desks because i was going to save them from a mushroom cloud of a bomb going off and, you know, things like that where we just didn't know what was going to happen. And so I think just in the midst of that, you have these people just kind of like try to find some sort of humor in those, in those 10 situations. And, and Dr. Strangelove is just, if you want to see a movie that, uh, 
is bizarrely confusing <laughs> and just like you, you gets over and you don't know how you feel about it exactly but you just know it was kind of funny as you were watching it that would be this movie yeah i think it's uh i think it's funny you picked this president because easily easily he's one of those presidents who has the best line in his movie oh yeah yeah <laughs> which would be steven come on gentlemen there's no fighting in the war room <laughs> yeah and, the way he said it and the seriousness of it just yeah. makes you go, what? Yeah, they're just, oh, oh. Yeah, just just so funny. And I mean, and then he's playing off of George C. Scott's character, who's just like, who's just like a general who's just ready to just shoot anyone in the face, it feels like. He's just so, like, tensely on edge, like, yeah, let's do this! Like, America! And so, uh, and oh, what's hey, funny pro- is you have a story about George C. Scott in this movie, right? Like, of Stan- how Stanley Kubrick tricked him? Yeah. Yeah, because how did, how did that go, though? Like, George C. Scott didn't think that the takes that ended up in the movie were the real takes or something? Yeah, essentially what they would do is um, apparently George C. Scott had no idea this was, like, a comedy. Which yeah, he was, trying, he was trying to play the character, like, straight. Yeah. Like, and, really straight. And apparently it took take after take, and he kept playing it straight, and he's like, okay, we'll just do one where you're just, like, over-exaggerating. And he's like, I'm, I'm assuming he just kind of rolled his eyes, and like, let's do it. I'm sick of this crap. Let's do it. And those are the takes that ended up in the movie. Yeah, just kind of funny how that worked out, because George C. Scott just does end up coming across as just, like, hilariously like ridiculous in his own right but he just yeah you just can't beat well and one of the other characters peter sellers plays dr strangelove who's just another great character from the movie but um oh man president merkin muffley (laughs) just too good too good and just a great movie president so was that really his first name yeah oh my he just well it was like that's the thing with this movie. It's just like, okay, it's already like a ridiculous movie, and he's an incompetent <laughs> idiot. You know, let's just give him a dumb name, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, President Muffley. But, yeah, let's let's go on to your next one, Dakota. All right. Well, I hit you with the, uh, the incompetent president. It's time to hit you with the compassionate president. And that would be, although he's technically not a president, uh, I'm referring to the character of Dave from the movie Dave. Yeah, he's kind of uh, a trickster. Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of incognito as the president. Uh, the president's name was Mitchell, last name Mitchell, and kind of a kind of a lame duck president. Uh, I was wondered just how much of this was supposed to be based off Bill Clinton, but uh, the president <laughs> yeah. Mitchell was kind of a womanizer and didn't really seem to have. The country's best interest at heart. He's played by uh, Kevin Klein. Yes, both movie. both characters are played by Kevin Klein. Yep. So this president has a heart attack while having an affair on his uh, while cheating on his wife. Uh, it's pretty serious. He lands in a coma. Nobody knows what to do. Sure enough, they find this this guy who looks a lot like the president, and they essentially get him to step in for the president because uh, it's they think it's going to help. It's going to help with the, uh, I'm, I think at the time. Kind of the media relations and things like yeah, that. I think they just at, didn't want to. I think at the time America was supposed to have been going through something. And they just wanted a like a a sense of normalcy 
They didn't want to, you know, scare people or get them riled up as they were. And he actually comes across as so charming and he actually starts attempts to do the job of being the president so much in a way that uh, his popularity soars. Unfortunately, uh, all good things have to come to an end and the president, the real president eventually ends up dying. So Dave can't obviously keep up the charade. So he fakes his own death, which technically wasn't his own. It's kind of convoluted there, but I, really kind of just love this movie because of how it portrays like somebody who could kind of come off as simple how at the same time they're actually very intelligent and hardworking, and how just by attempting to do do good they can inspire other people and this is actually a pretty heartfelt movie it ends it ends as some people say kind of sappy but i love it yeah, and I'm trying to remember, does his wife, the first lady, does she know that her actual husband is in a coma? She eventually does find out. But she doesn't right away, right? She senses something's up. Oh, okay. And it's kind of, I think for one of the oddest reasons, it's because he's actually, he actually looks at her in a certain way. And she's <laughs> like, my husband hasn't looked at me like that in 15 years. Or whatever, but... <laughs> I'm paraphrasing here, people. Yeah, like, just notices the difference in his eyes, I guess, which a woman would. So, uh, yeah, okay. I'll do my kind of more, I guess, in this vein of maybe more emotional-type movie president. And mine would be President Beck, I believe is his name. It's Morgan Freeman's president from Deep Impact. And even if, you know, you have mixed feelings about this movie... I think we can all agree that Morgan Freeman is great as the president in that movie. He just uh he just exudes a a leadership and a and a um confidence and a you know trying to have wisdom as they go through this situation that could obliterate a pretty good population of not just America but the globe. And uh, trying to figure out the best way to to handle this and protect uh, people and you know the the country, you know, and how to do this correctly and things like that. And so, uh, yeah, I just I just find this movie kind of interesting because it's kind of like it's like if Armageddon was smart, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what this movie was. Um, probably the weakest. Link in Deep Impact is Tay Leone. She's just not that great of an actress. Yeah. Where if you replaced her with like a better actress, I think it would just kind of help with this movie. And, you know, depending on how you feel about teenage romance, maybe you didn't care for the whole Elijah Wood, Lily Sobieski plot line. But, you know, it's still, I think Tay Leone, a change there would just change and help the movie quite a bit. And so, because then you also, what they kind of did with this movie, it was like, you saw... This event from people who were involved in it in different ways, like uh, neighborhood, some neighborhood families, and the White House, and the astronauts who were eventually sent sent up to to try to do something about it um, directly on the on the asteroid, and uh, you know just kind of and seeing it from the 
how the news people are going to handle it. So you see it from kind of all these different perspectives and then it kind of like ends up kind of some of them crossing, crossing paths and, and just kind of where, just where they end up looking. Cause you know, some of the other looking at the ideas of mortality that they haven't had to think about like, Oh my gosh, you know, we could die, you know, things like that. And so it, it is a, a decent movie. I mean, as far as nineties disaster movies go, it's one of the better <laughs> ones. And, uh, but uh, Morgan Freeman, as a president, he's just he's who really elevates this movie, and I think gives it a lot more gravitas, so to speak. Yeah, one of the thing that kind of helps him though is he gives some great speeches in this movie. Yeah, he has one speech in general where he's like in the Oval Office and he's kind of just talking to the, when he, they're finally just kind of laying out everything to the people. And then you see him just kind of turn away for a second from the teleprompter, and then he just kind of starts ad-libbing the rest of what he says to the people. And Morgan, that's where you see Morgan Freeman just doing what he does best and just delivering that with that voice he has, you know, that that he just has a, that natural ability to seem like like the this is a guy that I'd be like, okay, yeah, this is what what's going to happen, I guess. And so, uh, yeah, there's just some great. Great moments like that with him. And that's why when all of a sudden you cut from that to Tay Leone or Lily Sobieski or something, <laughs> it kind of... But uh, but the astronaut part of the story is pretty good, too. We got Robert Duvall up there as one of the astronauts being like kind of the John Glenn guy. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of my sappy, inspirational pick, President. So, but let's go on to your next one, Dakota. All right, we've had... We've had the inept presidents. We've had, <laughs> we've had the compassionate, compelling presidents. This one, <laughs> there's, there's no way to describe, except awesome. Yeah, time for the awesome presidents. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this president also, also, <clears throat> comes from a movie where aliens invaded. Problem is, he just didn't sit back and let it happen. <laughs> he took some action. He, he wasn't going to go quietly into the night. He took the fight to them. <laughs> Nuke him. That's right. I am referring to Bill Pullman from Independence Day. Yeah. An actor who I still can't believe he pulled off this role. It is amazing. Simply because I I don't think I've ever seen him in anything compelling after this. Or before. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of like, he was in stuff maybe you were okay with. Like, if you were like the chick flick, if you're a chick flick person, you're like, well, I liked him in While You Were Sleeping, you know? Oh, good lord. Or I liked him in Newsies or something. But yeah, he's just like, this is easily like, where is this guy? You know, he needs to do more like this. He just, uh, what a great role for him. And he pulled it off. Yeah, sadly they kind of ruined his character in the sequel that they made. Yeah, where they I had him—I don't think he cared. <laughs> where they essentially had him playing a crazy man. <laughs> yeah, but this movie, oh man, he was just great. He starts off. We kind of find out that uh, apparently he's viewed as a lame duck president until stuff gets real. <laughs> it gets really real when it hits the fan. He's ready. That's right. <laughs> Oh man, what can I say about this guy? He's you kind of you kind of view him as just like a side character until the movie gets closer to the end 
And then all of a sudden he's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. And he's putting on his fighter pilot gear and he, he gives probably one of the most inspirational speeches of in all of film history. Easily. And one of the best extra moments where you just see that one <laughs> extra just give that huge salute. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Basically, probably, and that was probably like a legitimate salute where after Bill Pullman did that speech, I got to be like, dude, that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just one amazing moment in yeah. film that unfortunately he was never able to duplicate. Well, even when he's up on in the jet, he's like, gentlemen, let's clear the road <laughs> when Randy Quaid's coming in and they're just like machine gunning at the alien ships. And then, I mean, come on. I mean, this is this is the president we all wish we could have where it's like he had leadership qualities, but then he was willing to just jump in a plane and start shooting aliens. That's right, man. <laughs> you don't see that in every movie about no, a president. No, no, nope, nope. This is he. He's he's one of a kind, or is he? Because <laughs> oh. we're gonna get into my president here in a minute. So. All right, Stephen, tell us what you got. Oh man, well, if there's one other president that maybe uh, may give Bill Pullman, President Whitmore's president, a run for his money, it would be President James Marshall, played by Harrison Ford in Air Force One. This is a guy where you meet him. At kind of a, a leadership dinner, um, with his with his wife, they're in Russia. Yeah, yeah, they're in Russia so. at a leadership dinner. Um, and he basically just lays it down, just lays the gauntlet down, and said, "We're not going to take this crap anymore, you you know militant terrorists. You know, like you better watch your backs. We're coming for you." And this was like. <clears throat> His own cabinet wasn't expecting him to do this. His own vice president wasn't expecting him to do this. He basically just got there and said, nope, this is how we need to be, and does it. I mean, which, uh, you know, maybe in reality that wouldn't be good for your president to always do. But that that's just – that's how we're brought – that's how we're introduced as president in the story where we see that, like, he is – I don't know what you want to call it. He's very, like, idealistic about – taking care of the the wrongs in the world and things like that and thinks that they can just do it and he just isn't unafraid of just of just saying that out loud and and then uh what happens is and then they they get into Air Force One and go to fly back to America and um some of these Russian terrorists sneak their way onto the plane posing as press press people who fly in kind of a special section for press people on Air Force One and end up taking over the 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 jumbo jet. And of course the bad thing about well with the help of some of the some dirty secret service guys. But you know the interesting thing in this situation is that his wife and daughter are also on the plane. It's not just that he's protecting his staff and himself and this plane that's going in through the air. But also his wife and daughter are involved in this situation. And uh, what's just great about this is that he concocts his way where they think he's escaped in this escape pod thing and gotten out of there. And, of course, he fakes it and is basically, like, dieharding his way <laughs> through the jumbo jet, um, taking out these Russian terrorists, kind of one, one Dimitri at a time, <laughs> one Nikolov at a time. Um, taking him down and he's, you know, collecting machine guns (laughs) 
and taking him out and and so it's just it's just great because it's Harrison Ford and he's doing what he does best and it's it's the thing he does when he's Indiana Jones too where when he's climbing his way around that Nazi truck he just has like this like just PO'd face and then he just punches him in the face and he just looks ticked you know where he's just like intense and he's p- pointing his finger and 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 taking these guys down and all the way to a point when you have his famous line when he's holding the guy in the back and he goes get off my plane and he chucks him out and <laughs> chucks him out of the jet and it's just like i mean it's super like america but uh oh man just another classic like oh man how cool would it be to have a president who did that you know kind of thing <laughs> whereas in reality it wouldn't probably be that cool it'd be kind of more frightening but you know that's what's great about uh about fictional presidents is we can uh we can live out some daydreams <laughs> by having these uh these crazy situations and and how it goes and plus uh the other great thing about air force one is that you know sometimes a good guy's only as great as the bad guy and a guy who we love to bring up on this show who's just awesome gary oldman plays the the main Russian guy, yeah, on the jet, and he's just great. He's just great. I mean, because he's just as intense. So you have like intense Harrison Ford and intense Gary Oldman, just kind of pairing off. You know, not pairing off, but going going up against each other. Yeah, you gotta really hand it to Gary Oldman because he could pull off accents. I don't know if what he was doing was like a good Russian accent because I don't spend a lot of time with Russian people. I just know that every time he's angry. He screams some random <laughs> Russian word, and I just assume, yeah, he probably just swore in Russian. But, yeah, as far as how his Russian sounds, I don't know. It's kind of like, as far as I know, as Russian goes, Chekhov from Star Trek apparently had a bad accent. <laughs> no. That's, that's all I know. That isn't shocking to me. Yeah. I would I would, be- I would believe that. I would believe that a lot of the accents on Star Trek probably weren't great. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So, although uh, maybe her Swahili was good. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I, I don't know when she did her Swahili songs. Yeah. And so those are kind of our lists. We we kind of each hit up uh, unintentionally kind of more of a ridiculous president, a maybe more inspirational, emotional movie-driven president, and then just the president who punches the – punches the terrorist in the face, then you go have a beer together. I don't know. (laughs) But kind of a little of each. So, um, Dakota, anything else on your presidents or any other presidents you want to just kind of throw out there? You know, I think it's funny. Uh, We didn't really plan this one out. That's just how they they came to be. Yeah. Like as far as them kind kind of sharing qualities together. Yeah. That's just kind of odd. Yeah, it just kind of, well, when we each kind of set our three, we just kind of realized, oh, that's what happened kind of crazy but but those are the maybe these are the three basic kinds of presidents that are in movies you have your dumb dummy president (laughs) you know which they do in some movies like even in cartoon movies like monsters versus aliens stephen colbert plays a dummy president and then you have your you know there's always the emotional movie presence like michael douglas did that in that what is that movie called oh the american president or whatever it's called as you have those types of movies, and then of course, you know the movies that we all really want to see—the president punching somebody in the face movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, personally, I'm waiting for the really action-packed 
movie about George Washington's days <laughs> fighting in the Revolutionary War. Yeah, Valley Forge. But, well, that wasn't really action-packed. That was more when they were just trying not to freeze to death and not get smallpox. But, yeah, and yeah, and that would be – that's an interesting idea is that somewhere in the future to do, like, a, a president biopic episode because there's been a plenty – there's been pl- – there's been a plenty – I don't know, a broke Italian there, but there's been plenty of those too where it'd be interesting to talk about those, but not on this episode. And so with that, we bid you adieu and um, hope you are taking advantage of the places we're at to keep up with our show, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, those types of places, subscribing to us there. And then, of course, if you want to like and follow us uh, on Facebook and Twitter, that would be awesome too. It's just ways where we know you guys are around and and um, and know you're there and and paying attention to the things we're doing. It means a lot to us when you do that, and so we hope you do. And and all and as always on any of those places, you know, in the comment sections on our Facebook page, any uh, suggestions, comments, criticisms you have about the show, uh, we'd be up for hearing those. You know, we're always up for. Uh, up for uh, what you want to hear because obviously you're the ones we or we hope are listening and keep on listening so any suggestions or anything you have like that we could do on the show we'd love that too we love ideas so yeah so we hope you're doing that so thanks for listening this is steven this is dakota we'll see you later america